The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you for joining us, dear listener. Whether it's your first time delving into the darkness or you're brave enough to make a return visit. Before we get started, have you checked out our merch? We have some super cool cozy hoodies, and we have a writer's and artist journal. Check it out at somethingscary.com. There is 20% off at checkout through December 15th, and they make great holiday gifts, just saying. We all strive to have meaning and peace in our daily lives, to go through life stress-free and pain-free but some of us are plagued with anxiety, pressure, and fear brought on by our day-to-day duties. And although some of us are tormented by our own demons, others are alarmed by entities that stalk them. Either way, there is no escape from the torture. First, trapped with no escape, followed by a killer's regret, then contagious insanity. Finally, in our featured story, a murder on the loose. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast, along with a story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. If you love something scary, then join us on Patreon. As a patron, not only can you have access to our members-only Discord and have free bonus episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Tortured Ones. All of the horror movies and TV shows in the world cannot prepare you for experiencing something paranormal in the flesh, and it will haunt you forever. Like in this story written by Janine Pipe. I can't say I've ever been that interested in my mom's job before. As a realtor, there's not much she can impress me with. 
Until that is when she came home to tell me she was going to be doing an open house at a very cool property I might actually want to come look at with her. I know how much you love Stranger Things. Well, what if I told you the old Claremont property was actually used as the Creel house and I can take you there? She asked. Of course, I'd known they used a location in my city of Rome, Georgia to film and that the property was heavily out of bounds. But my mom informed me it was now for sale and her office was dealing with it. She needed a visit to check some stuff out and I could go with her. As we drove up to the house, I was awestruck by how large it was and how fancy the exterior was. My mom had told me that until a few years ago, it was a B&B, but had fallen on hard times and had been forced to close. It remained private property while it was used as a filming location, and now it was up for sale. She also told me there was whispers in the community about it being haunted, but that was just hearsay and bored school children trying to invent a bit of excitement. Apparently, there was an unfinished attic, and that was the so-called hotspot for activity. Mom frowned at this point, saying she wasn't entirely sure why it had remained unfinished, but that she would spin it to potential clients by suggesting it could be used as a huge master bedroom with half bath or even a game room or home theater. We both took a ton of pictures of the front of the house and the beautiful lawns. I turned out as she was talking shop when we approached the front door. It took a moment or two for her to work through the various locks. It had been kept secure. We were the first people going in there for months. Mom walked from room to room, taking endless photos and making notes, taking measurements, and when I wandered off alone, she didn't even seem to notice. As well as trying to visualize certain things from the TV show in my mind as I walked up the stairs, I knew I needed to see the attic. I could hear my mom on her phone to her office and I knew I had at least 10 minutes before she called out for me. I quickly snooped about the bedrooms and there it was, the hatch door for the attic. I reached up and pulled it down, covering my eyes expecting to be greeted with a ton of dust and cobwebs, but there was no debris. The stairs seemed sturdy, so I went up. Mom still engaged in her phone call. As expected, it was super cold up there, but I put that down to lack of heating and being closed up. Nothing supernatural. It certainly was unfinished too. Parts of the huge space were just bare floorboards and brick walls. I knew I had to walk from one window to the other, no matter how cold and seemingly damp it was, and that the lighting was dim. If there was even the slimmest chance of seeing a ghost, I wanted in. I walked across the room, swearing it had gotten colder, darker when, Buzz. I jumped so high I almost knocked my head. It was just some random notification on my cell, but then I saw the photos I had taken out front. Now that I looked at the last one, there seemed to be something in one of the windows. I zoomed in closer and almost dropped the phone. There, at the window, was a face, and it was the exact window I was standing in front of right now. And even more scary, although it was incredibly blurred, the face almost looked like me. I didn't know what to think, but I did know I needed to get the hell out of there. Just as I ran back over the steps, a hand reached up through the hatch and I screamed, Aaron! Oh, thank God, it was only my mom. Of course it was. Come back down here, please. She called and I quickly obeyed, sheepishly explaining I'd spooked myself. That was my office calling. I have some stuff I need to get done as soon as possible, so we'll have to get back here in a couple of days to check upstairs. Okay, hun? 
Sure, Mom. I agreed, and we locked up and headed back home. On the drive, I stared at that photo again. It made no sense. How could there have been anyone in the house, let alone someone who seemed to look like me? It was a wonderful home in its heyday, Mom carried on. I forgot to say, but your great-grandma knew the family as well. She even stayed here a few times as a girl. I stared at the face. No one really knows if ghosts exist, and if they do, what they are. Maybe they are just an imprint and can be seen from any timeline. It wasn't a solid explanation, but I now think I know who was in the attic. What do you think ghosts are? A figment of our imaginations? Or an imprint from time? A small piece of history repeating itself in a location? I'm still trying to decide myself, but Stephanie Strange and I did a paranormal investigation inside this house to find out. We're also the first people to film inside this property since Netflix filmed Stranger Things here. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Doctors are so desensitized to the pain and anguish of the sick. When they become the patient themselves, it can drive them mad. Like in this story, inspired by Liam. I was the head of the psychiatric ward in a historic asylum that had been established sometime between the 1830s to the 1840s. One of my highly schizophrenic patients was complaining of deafening tapping anytime he took a step. I just assumed it was another one of his quite frequent delusions. Shortly thereafter, he claimed to be deaf and could hear absolutely nothing. 
I found this odd because of the fast change of complaints. He went from screaming at the top of his lungs to begging on his knees for a sound, any sound. One of my coworkers concurred that the patient exhibited deafness in both ears. Then something peculiar occurred. I decided to observe the patient in person. The moment I stepped into the room and closed the door, his eyes darted in my direction. I attempted to begin a conversation with him, but he was unresponsive. Suddenly, he stood up and made his way towards me at a rapid pace. Faster than I could call for backup, he sunk his teeth into my shoulder with some oddly colored saliva dripping from his mouth. I pushed him back and yelled in agony, the attack strong enough to have broken the skin. Security ran in and restrained him. However, before they could muzzle him, he said something that shook me to my core. Your next doctor. He then began to giggle. <laughs> I rolled my eyes to seem nonchalant, but my heart was pounding in my chest. After taking a few sips of water in the lounge to calm my nerves, I made my way to the exit. I couldn't get those words out of my mind. Your next doctor, what did that mean? I headed to my car, putting my keys into the ignition, and I attempted to start it. That's weird, I thought to myself. I looked at the gas meter. Got to be kidding me, I said, punching the dashboard in frustration. The tank was completely empty. Well, looks like I'm walking back home, I thought to myself. I took the keys out of the ignition, dropping them into my pocket, and began to walk home. Out of nowhere, a tapping noise started. I just thought it was one of those nighttime sounds. Then I realized that it was in synchronicity with my steps. If I stopped walking, the noise would stop and restart when I continued walking. I also came to the realization that the closer I got to my house, the louder it became. The words of the patient from before suddenly popped back into my mind. Was I experiencing one of my patient's delusions? No, that's impossible, right? The sound continued growing. It was nearly deafening by now. My head was thumping from the sheer vibrations in my body. I fell to the floor, uncertain of when this torture would end. All I could do was lay on the floor, writhing in pain. I couldn't handle it anymore. I screamed. I screamed and screamed until my throat stung. My screams turned into sobs of desperation as I begged to escape this nightmare. Then, as quickly as it arrived, the noise disappeared. No sound. No tapping. Complete silence. I cried joyously as I clapped my hands, expecting a deafening explosion in my ears. Nothing. That's odd, I thought to myself. I was probably just adjusting to the normal volume. I clapped my hands again. Nothing. I dropped a fragile vase, watching the pieces fly across the floor. Nothing. Panic set in. I desperately tried to create noise, even hurting myself to try and produce a sound. Nothing. I threw glass objects at my wall. Nothing. I turned the TV and stereo on full volume. Nothing. My brain was moving a million miles a minute. What was happening? Why can I suddenly hear absolutely nothing? In my terror, I had trashed the house in my attempts to create noise, all in vain. There was only silence. In my fury, I spun around and saw a man in my doorway. My neighbor, Ollie. He looked around in shock and disbelief. He turned to me, stumbling towards him. Are you okay? He looked like he was mouthing. Speak, I cried, speak. 
I didn't even know if I was even making a sound. Ollie looked frightened but also concerned and it suddenly hit me. I knew what I had to do. The only way to get rid of it. Feeling the saliva pulling in my mouth, I lunged at Ollie, planting my teeth into his shoulder. He yelled in pain and fell to the ground, contorting in the most grotesque way imaginable. Relief washed over me as I listened to his pain. I could hear again. Ollie's wife appeared then. She looked one glance inside, saw her husband, and screamed in terror. I grinned ecstatically. I could hear. I could hear her. Her blood-curdling cry. It was the most beautiful sound. I came to my senses quickly when I saw the pain in her eyes. I was filled with pity and regret. She didn't understand. She could never understand. But me? I was free. Have you ever felt like you were going mad? If you could pass along your pain to someone else, would you? Would you be able to live with yourself knowing what you've done? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You cannot believe everything you read on the internet, or it may drive you insane. Like in this story written by Janine Pipe. Becca took a deep breath. This was really happening. Not only was it really happening, but she had orchestrated the entire thing, made it happen. This was the big moment. Only it was absolutely typical that now she was starting to wonder what the hell she had gotten herself into. You see, Becca was sitting in the Burrington Town Library at 2 a.m. with a man she only knew as Voorhees Fan 83. Unable to use the power since they had broken in and couldn't have anyone know they were there, they lit a couple of candles just to be able to guide them. They sat together on the floor. Between them was a book, a quill, and a knife. Becca had watched Voorhees Fan 83 cut his hand and write his name using the quill and blood on the page of the book. She repeated the process, wincing as the blade opened her skin. It hurt a lot more than she'd expected. She too wrote her name and sat back, nursing her hand. The man, who of course she had met online, looked at her and nodded. He reached for the knife and held it over the book. Then they both spoke, Becca a little shakily. What is the most powerful weapon? As soon as they said weapon, Voorhees Fan 83 plunged the knife into the book. And they waited and waited. At 3.20 a.m., her legs stiff from sitting on the cold tiled floor and the candles almost burned down, Becca announced she was done. The ritual had to be over by 4 a.m. anyway, and her strange Reddit pal had offered to take away the book and quill and burn them. Voorhees Fan 83's facial expression hadn't changed since they'd met outside the library just before midnight, and it remained nonplus now, even as Becca asked, I don't feel more clever, do you? He just shrugged his shoulders, packed up the stuff, and headed towards the door. The ritual was supposed to have brought them the power of knowledge, 
bestowed by an entity known only as the librarian. If done correctly, Becca was now meant to be able to remember all the tiny details she needed to ace her finals. She was now supposed to be able to pluck obscure references out of thin air to impress the panel at her college interview. But she didn't feel any different. She tried to recall all the items on the periodic table or list in order the Roman emperors, but drew a blank. Damn, this was such a waste of... (gasps) The candle suddenly puffed out and she stood for a second, expecting something to finally click to make breaking in and pulling the stunt worth it. But anticlimactically, she realized her quiet partner in crime had opened the back door, causing a breeze. She picked up the stubby, waxy remains and headed out of the library. Her odd companion was gone, but that had been the arrangement. As per the very strict rules of the ritual, they could never contact each other again. Becca raced home and somehow was able to fall into a restless sleep for the remaining few hours until school. She wasn't sure if it was fatigue, her hands still throbbing from the knife or distraction, but she had managed to screw up a pop quiz she should have found easy. And by the time she had headed home after hockey practice, she was certain the whole thing had been a total waste of time and now not at all worth the amount of trouble they could have gotten into. Usually Becca rather enjoyed the walk, the wintry sun in the sky, but today she felt out of sorts. The feeling of being unable to focus was getting worse. She had chalked it up to disappointment and sure it was just tiredness that was causing her head to start pounding and her chest to tighten. Becca stopped, closing her eyes in pain. When she opened them, she quickly turned around to make sure no one was watching since she would have been embarrassed. And that was when she noticed something odd. She looked up at the sun and back down to the sidewalk again. The oddity was still there. Despite her head feeling like someone was stabbing tiny daggers into her brain, she walked quickly and when she was on the next street, looked again. It was still there. Becca ran home, heart hammering, and it followed. It seemed the ritual hadn't been a complete failure. She may not have been bequeathed the elevated mental prowess she wished for, but the librarian had manifested. That was clear now. Becca had a double shadow. One silhouette was of course her, but the tall, thin, solid one beside it was not. The new tethered shadow, watching, waiting. Becca knew the likely consequences of this constant, unwanted extension of herself. It could only lead to one place, insanity. Have you ever wanted something so bad you'd go to dangerous lengths to get it? Was it worth it? Tell us your story at somethingscary@snarl.com. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a Native American urban legend inspired by Hannah and now animated over on our YouTube channel. The Deer Woman is a spirit in Native American mythology. She is associated with fertility and love. However, to those who have harmed, she is a very vengeful and murderous spirit. A broken body, bloodied and bruised, laid on its back. Its limbs were bent in unnatural angles. Sixty students circled around him, confused and whispering. What could have been responsible? What could have caused 
so much damage. It was not what Aaron Klein, a sophomore college, nor the other kids from Oklahoma State expected to find in the woods near the annual bonfire. But there, Aaron was stiff and cold. His poor girlfriend, Carmela, threw herself on top of his corpse, veering between panic and shock. The police had to drag her off. For weeks, detectives investigated the murder. Carmela called every day only to find that at the end of the first week, they were closing the case. When she arrived at the precinct, ready to protest, they told her new evidence pointed to an animal attack. She refused to believe it. They showed her photos of Aaron's body once it had been cleaned and autopsied. Besides lacerations and broken bones, there were bruising that took a couple of days to show up. It revealed what looked like hoof marks all over on his torso and chest. But what kind of animal could do all of that? The detectives left her to process. Not convinced, Carmela grabbed the files and bolted out the door. She would find out who really murdered her boyfriend herself. Rushing over to her best friend Dia's dorm room, she laid out the paperwork and begged for help. Attempting to console her friend, Dia began looking through the file, occasionally reading interviews with other students. Dia snuck a peek at Carmela and quickly tried to hide the papers. Carmela ripped the file from Dia. It was an account from a girlfriend named Piper, who claimed she had been hooking up with Aaron for months. After rummaging through the stacks of paper, she found more. Evie, Mallory, and Journey were all claiming Aaron had sent them creepy DMs. The detective's chicken scratch noted that Aaron was a player whose girlfriend had no clue. Carmela choked back a sob. Then she noticed another scribble. This saying the cause of death was internal bleeding caused by blunt force from an animal or unknown entity. Dia held Carmela as she wept. Then Dia spoke. Aaron was a creep. It was tragic, but maybe this was the only way. Carmela glared at her friend. She shook as she announced she was going to the woods to find whatever animal hurt Aaron and would kill it herself. And she ran out of the dorm room. And Dia followed after her. Carmela entered the clearing where Aaron's body had been discovered. Using the light from her cell phone, she looked around. The bush behind her began to shake. She turned around and the flash illuminated what had happened to a 10-foot tall animal, something between a deer and a human. It towered over her on two legs. Terrified, Carmela chucked her cell phone as hard as she could, hitting the animal square in the face. It shook its head in pain and ran off. Carmela gave chase, this time moving slower without the help of her light, but trying to follow its sound. She stopped abruptly, realizing it was silent. She inched forward slowly, then bang. She bumped into something solid. Dia? She asked in surprise. Dia handed Carmela her phone. As Carmela filled her in, she shone her flashlight and gasped. Dia's nose was broken and bleeding. Carmela slowly began to piece it all together. And she started to back away. Shaking her head, Dia grabbed her arm, forcing her to look down where Dia's hooves were slowly transforming back to human feet. Carmela, in shock, backed up further, falling to the ground. I warned you about him, Dia said. 
I asked him multiple times to stop with the others or to break up with you. He just laughed. That night, I caught him with Piper in the woods. I, I did it to protect you. But what did you do to his body? Carmela stammered, reliving the horrific image. Once I shapeshift, there's no going back. Aaron would have told, and then how would I protect you? Dia asked. Carmela jumped up and ran toward the school security office. Dia let her go, trailing behind her, knowing she was caught. The security guard opened the door to a distraught Carmela, claiming she knew what had happened to Aaron Klein. The security guard sat her down and asked for details. Carmela looked back at Dia, who was standing outside. Carmela tried to tell the officer about a 10-foot deer and how Aaron lied. And then, all of a sudden, Carmela thought about all the times that Aaron would show up late and all these memories started flooding back. When the guard asked if there was anything Carmela wanted to add, she looked back at Dia, the friend who only wanted to look after her. No, she said. I just thought you should know. So you could keep people out of the woods. Carmela leaned over to embrace Dia. Both their bodies heaved with tears. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.